0: Anybody ever gone through a how about a how about a tornado? Have you ever been through a tornado? So they, they can be they can be pretty pretty rough. But um, the Bible has like I said, has a lot to say about storms and of course we've all gone through the storms of life. Has anybody ever gone through a storm in your life besides me? Okay. And so we can learn some great things and some great truths from the Word of God concerning not only natural storms, but the storms of life. Notice in Matthew, the 8th chapter and the 23rd verse. And if you don't have your Bibles with you, it will be on the screen up there. Matthew eight twenty-three. Notice here, Jesus gets into a boat and His disciples follow Him. And suddenly a great tempest arose, or a great storm, we could say, arose on the sea. So that the boat was covered with the waves... That's, a pretty, that's pretty bad, isn't it? Pretty bad thing there. The boat was covered with the waves, but Jesus was asleep. Uh, you need to realize Jesus, though He was the Son of God, 100%, 100% God, He was also a human being. And He got tired, didn't He? And so He's sleeping. Then His disciples came to Him and woke Him and said, Lord, save us, we are Perishing. But he said to them, Why are you so fearful, O you of little faith? Then he arose, and notice, what did he do? Does anybody know? Okay. Is this verse 26? Do I have the wrong version here? What, what, where are we at here? What verse are we in? He, 826, He arose... I guess what version is that new King James I guess I've got the King James so how many have the King James how many have a Bible okay that's good well let's go to verse 26 and we'll read it off there he said to them why are you so fearful you little faith then he arose and now y'all can read can't you can you read what is that next word he rebuked. Can we, I've got to practice with these people. Real loud, everybody, come on, participate. What did He do? He rebuked. Did He speak to the wind? Did He ask the Father to do something about the wind? Did He talk to the Heavenly Father and beg Him to do something about the wind? No, He arose and He rebuked the winds and the sea and there was a great calm. Now, let's leave that up there a moment. Did He talk to God, the Father, about the winds. One reason that people can't do anything about the storms that come their way is they're asking God to do things for them that He's already done. Uh, We've had many instances over the last 20 years where Dave Murray, now, now has anybody ever heard of him? How many knows who Dave Murray is? He's a weather forecaster for what is it, Channel Two, and Kent, count on Kent. He's over at four, isn't he? Yeah, ever anybody watch television besides me? Okay, Kent. And it used to be my my favorite was Cindy Pressler. She was over at five, and uh, she she they'd put bullseyes on St. Louis sometimes, and uh, we we've seen that over the years where they'd put a bullseye on us, and you know they're gonna storm's going to come through and tear everything to to shreds, just rip everything up in St. Louis. And we've more than once spoke to the storm in the name of Jesus. How many of you know that Jesus gave us authority in His name, didn't He? And and, and now we, we in and of ourselves are insufficient. If I speak to a storm in my name, it's going to blow me down, you know. But you can speak to a storm in the name of the Lord Jesus... And the storm will obey you. Did you hear me? And we've done it dozens of times over the last 20 years where, where the, the forecasters in St. Louis said, you know, the tornado is coming this way. And, and we've, we've, in the name of the Lord Jesus, we didn't ask the Father to do a thing. Now, you know, there's times when you pray, you pray to the Father. Is that right? And you pray in the name of Jesus. You hear me? Now, there's times you do that. There's different kinds of prayer. How many of you know there's different kinds of prayer? And, and, and a lot of prayer, you're talking to the Father. You're, you're, you're petitioning Him. You're talking to Him and you're requesting uh, things of Him in the name of Jesus. But when it comes to storms, you don't talk to the Father about the storm. Same thing about sickness and disease. If sickness and disease hits your body, you don't, you don't ask God to heal you. You're going to stay sick. That's probably a revelation for a lot of people. Oh, God, heal me. You're not going to get any results. Sickness isn't going anywhere. Jesus said you speak to the mountain. You speak to the sickness. You speak to the storm. You take the authority that He's given you in His name and you speak to the sickness. When the devil attacks you, you don't ask God to do something about the devil God's already done all He's going to do. You speak to the devil. What does the Bible say? Submit yourselves to God, resist the devil, and he will what? Flee. So one reason Christians are destroyed is because they don't know who they are in Christ. They have no idea of the things that I just shared with you in the last five minutes. And then, and, then, and, then, and then their house gets blown down, they get destroyed, they, they die young of sickness or disease, and then they blame God. And the real truth about the matter is very few Christians know who they are in Christ and they, know, they don't know the authority that we've, we have in the name of Jesus. So that's one reason I'm here is to teach you these things, okay? So the devil can't blow your house down and he can't kill you young, okay? you understand that? So we've spoken to, to storms over the years and uh, we, we tell them to go north, to go south, or to break up before they get here, dissipate, you know, but they can't come and blow our house down. Amen? Amen. Now now somebody said, well, Pastor Terry, what happens if, if one gets through and blows your house down? Well, I, 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 you know what, I have insurance. You ought to have insurance too. If, they blow, if the devil did blow the roof off of this building, I've got good insurance. We'll put it back, put a better one back. Uh, you know, the Bible says we're transformed by the renewing of our mind, not the removing of our mind. I've got a burglar alarm on this church. i got a burglar alarm on my house. But I also charge the angels. How many of you know there's angels? Also, charged the angels with the word of God, and I got them working too. One good minister said it's the natural realm and the supernatural realm coming together that makes an explosive force for God. Amen. We ought to do everything we know to do in the natural. We ought to have good locks on our uh, 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 on our doors and good doors and good windows, and we ought to have good insurance. Is that right? I I, I carry excellent health insurance. Very seldom do I need to use it. I have it, but also if sickness hits me, it comes at me. Uh, I don't turn to the doctor first. I turn to Jesus first. Then we turn to the doctor if we need to, and we have good insurance. Can you say amen? I, now none of this is in my notes, but maybe some of you needed to hear it today. You know, I've watched Christians over the years. Sometimes they just want to do everything natural, just, just natural stuff. Others want to do just the spiritual stuff. And, and if you do just the spiritual stuff, you're going to fail. If you do just the natural stuff, you're going to fail. You've got to put it both together. Can you say Amen. I've watched people over the years, uh, Christians, you know, uh, uh, they're, they're not going to tithe at all. They're not going to tithe. They're just going to hold on to all their money and they're not going to tithe at all. And, 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 and they've got budgets and all of this, that and the other, and they never seem to ha- make ends meet. Why, why is that? Because they're not doing the spiritual stuff. And then they, they struggle. And then I've watched other Christians over the years, they're going to just tithe and give on and give and give and give to the church and give and give and give, and then you ask them, Do you have a budget? They don't have a budget. They don't know how to manage their money. They're not doing the natural things, and even though they're tithers and givers, yet they, they fail and struggle. How many of you know you've got to do the natural and the spiritual stuff equally, together? Is that right? Is that correct? Now, now, you see, if you attend this church, we, we try to follow the Spirit here. I'm totally off my notes. I don't know why I just said the last five or six minutes, but apparently somebody here needs to know that it's not just the spiritual realm that will put you over. It's certainly not that just the natural realm. How many of you know it's the natural and the supernatural coming together makes a what? An explosive force for God. You okay? So, we've rebuked storms. I remember we rebuked one storm. And uh, I remember my phone rang, and I looked at it, and the fellow was fr- from the church. Uh, he, he called me, and he, he made me look at the radar. And this big storm, this big thunder cell that was coming, uh, uh, it broke. I mean, it did broke up right, right, right as it got to Fenton. Isn't that wonderful? Now, I assume there's other churches praying. I assume there's other people using their authority. But I know we did. And, and and the storm, more than once, many times. We've moved them north. We've moved them south. We broke them up. But how many know we can't do it? It's authority in the name of Jesus, you see. Are you okay? You all right? So, let's see if we can get back to verse 26 here. Then he arose and... Now, now y'all can read. He arose and what he... He, he rebuked the winds and the sea, and there was a what? A great calm. And verse 27, so the men marveled, saying, who can this be that even the winds and the sea obey him? Now, a lot of people say, well, that was Jesus. We could never do what Jesus did and I and I understand where I understand that. But again, he didn't operate here as God, he operated as a man anointed with the Holy Spirit. And Jesus said himself, he said the works that I do shall ye do also and greater works than these shall ye do. Is that right? And and if you look at these if you really read into these stories, Actually, Jesus, who had been teaching His disciples about faith and walking by faith and living by faith, He actually got aggravated with His disciples for not doing something about the storms themselves. Did you hear me? See, we have to get to a point where we grow in the things of God to where we're not always looking to the pastor to do it, or to some other person to do it. But we need to understand who we are in Christ and begin to act just like Jesus acted. Is that right? Now, he rebuked this storm. And let me just read from my notes here. In certain circles, you know, among certain groups of people, uh, who who know who you know know who they are in Christ and have under understand some things about authority uh, the default position is to always rebuke the storm storm coming rebuke it now let me just say this i 've already had certain people over the many years nobody that 's attends here now but over the many years uh there'd be a a a snowstorm coming our way and it was going to drop six inches of snow on st louis and they would call me on the phone say pastor stop that storm you can't stop a six inch snowstorm from coming through st louis in the winter time did you hear what i just said how many of you know you can't stop a garden variety thunderstorm from coming through the area is that right to do so is to to, to to talk to start talking to a storm that's gonna drop six inches, eight inches, ten inches. You know what, I like six, eight, ten, twelve inches of snow every once in a while. How about you? I I I know when I was a kid I, I used to like it when it snowed because we get off school. But see a lot of you people today. You kids today, you have it so good because all you have to do is you can look at your phone and find out whether or not you're having school. Is that right? But when I was a kid, we didn't have these things. We had radio. And so you'd have to get up in the morning about 4.30, quarter to 5, and you'd have to listen to, to, uh, there was like only two channels, KMOX and KSD, that did the the school closings. And then, you, and then you'd have to listen, and they didn't do them in alphabetical order. And so you'd have to listen, and they'd be reading like 10, 12, 15 she, sheets of just one right now. How many remembers that of the school closings? And, and, and if you missed, if you missed your, your school, you know? Then you'd have to wait, you know, 15 more minutes, and then they'd read through them again. It was just very, very inconvenient. But nonetheless, how many of you like to get a day off school now and then? with Snow, you know. I mean, I, I always liked that. Except there was one year we got like about 12 days off, and we had to make them up in the spring. I, I didn't like making up school. Uh, school didn't like that. And I, 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 When I taught school, I didn't like it even more. I used to teach junior high. And uh, uh, that can be challenging teaching junior high. A lot of good kids, some challenging ones. But how many liked a good snow day every once in a while? I, I, I like that. But you can't. You still. Do, but you, you. can't. How many of you know you can't stop a, t- a ten inch snow from coming through St. Louis? You just can't. But if they if they predict a blizzard that's going to come through and just 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 cripple the city and destroy everything, how many of you know we could do something about that? Oh yeah. But the default position among many Christians is always rebuke the storm. And I understand that. But let's look at a situation where Jesus didn't rebuke the storm. Go to Matthew 14, verse 22. Now this is in the New King James Version, Matthew 14:22. Are you getting anything out of this today? Are you following this at all? Or am I, Is it going right over the tops of your heads? Because if it's going over the tops of your heads, I'll get a chair and I'll sit down in the chair where I get right down here where it won't go over the top of your head, right? And look at this, Matthew 14, Immediately, Jesus made his disciples get into the boat and go before him to the other side while he sent the multitudes away. And when he sent the multitudes away, he went up on the mountain by himself to pray. Now, when evening came, he was alone there, but the boat was now in the middle of the sea, Tossed by, the winds, or tossed by the waves, and the wind was contrary. So there's a storm going on, right? Now, did, are these disciples right in the middle of the will of God? Yeah, how do we know that? Because Jesus sent them. Go that away. How many of you know you can be right in the middle of the will of God and hit a storm in your life? See, a lot of times people think if you're right in the middle of the will of God, there'll never be any storms. No, let me tell you something. You get in the middle of the will of God, you may experience some of the greatest storms that, that you'll ever, ever, ever run into in your life. But I know this from walking with God and from studying the Word of God, that no matter what's, if you're in the will of God, no matter what storm you go through, you can always come out every single time successful on the other side. And I'd I'd rather be in a storm in the will of God than in a storm not in the will of God. How about you? Because whether you're in the will of God or not, you're going to experience storms. But I tell you what, if you're in the will of God, you follow the Lord, you'll come out successful. Okay? So he sends the multitudes away. He's praying. The boat's in the middle of the sea. Verse 24. Tossed by the waves. wind's contrary. The fourth watch of the night. Jesus went to them walking on the sea. Uh What does the fourth watch have to do with anything? Uh, at, at the very last minute How many of you know That God is never ever late He's never late But I've found this out about God A lot of times He's not early either But He's always right on time Isn't that wonderful? I say He's always right on time yeah, How many of you know He's never late But He's usually not early either I wish he was once in a while, but but he's right on time. And right here, he came in the fourth watch. He came, you know, uh, I guess we could say at the last minute, but he wasn't late. He came walking on the sea, and when the disciples saw him walking on the sea, they were troubled, saying, it is a ghost, and they cried out for fear. Now, Now, wouldn't that get your attention if somebody came walking along on the water? Oh, yeah. Um, Now, I've never walked on the water. Remember I said a moment ago that Jesus said, These works that I do, you shall ye do also, and greater works than these. I don't know about walking on the water. I've never walked on the water. Has anybody in here ever walked on the water? Well, that's pretty cool, isn't it? How many of you know Jesus is cool? He's really cool. And uh, so it's a ghost. And they cried out for fear. But immediately Jesus spoke to them saying, now look at this, in the middle of the storm, Jesus spoke to them and said, my God, what are we going to do? We're all going to sink. Is that what it says? Now let me tell you something. No matter what storm you're going through, whenever Jesus shows up, here's what he says. Be of good cheer, it is I. do not be afraid. How many of you like those words? I, I, I like those words. He didn't show up and say, "You numb skulls. What are you doing out here? He didn't say that, did he? You know, I was thinking the other day, when I was in seventh grade, you know, I was talking about junior high, when I was in seventh grade, uh, the, the, the teacher, the math teacher, he'd call us bucket heads. <laughs> bucket heads. You know, if he called him that today, he'd probably go to prison, wouldn't he, for verbal abuse? I also remember what he used to do if the kids, if we weren't, uh, if we were unruly, he would, because there wasn't any air conditioning at Eureka Junior High School all those years ago. If we were unruly, he'd start off, he'd shut the lights, turn off the fans, and close the windows when it was like a hundred degrees outside. He'd go to prison for that today, wouldn't he? Things have changed over the years, haven't they? But Jesus isn't going to call you a buckethead. Or a numb Isn't that good that that he doesn't do that? About the closest that we ever get to name calling is the apostle Paul said, "You're carnal." That's a, you could now translate that into English. A meathead. He might call you a meathead, fleshly. But other than that, Jesus will have a good word for you. What did he say? Be of what? Be of good cheer. cheer. It is I. Don't be what? Isn't Isn't that good to know? Right in the middle of a storm. And Peter answered him and said, Lord, it's you, command. He said, if it's you, command me to come to you on the water. And he said, Come. And Peter came down out of the boat and walked on the water to go to Jesus. Isn't that wonderful? Think about that. Peter walked on the water. I don't see where any of the other disciples ever did that. Isn't that cool? I think that's cool. And when, and then of course, you know, we can preach for hours on verse thirty. When he saw, Peter saw that the wind was boisterous, was afraid. Of course, he got his eyes off of Jesus, got his eyes over on the wind. We could talk for that, about that for hours. And beginning to sink. Have you ever seen anybody begin to sink? Have you ever seen anybody step out on a swimming pool and, and they just kind of began to sink? I see people. You got to explain things to these people. Then. And you know, people want to chew on Peter because he began to sink. And because he sank, well, he's the only one that got out of the boat. Is that right? And he's the only one that walked on the water. Is that right? Let's stop looking at all the negative. Let's look at some positive things. What do you think? So he walks on the water to go to Jesus. When Jesus, Now, let me ask you, has Jesus rebuked this storm yet? Has he said anything about the storm yet? No? Uh, Right in the middle of the storm, do we have some miraculous things going on? Do we? Jesus walking on the water. That's pretty cool. Peter walking on the water right in the middle of the... And Jesus hadn't said a word to the storm yet, has He? Don't ever forget this. Miraculous things can happen right in the middle of a storm. Wonderful things can happen right in the middle of a storm. And so he sees the winds boisterous, he begins to sink, he cries out, Lord, save me, and immediately Jesus said, no, you can just go ahead and sink. No, did he say that? What did he say? He he stretched out his hand and caught him and said to him, Oh, you of little faith, why did you doubt? Well, he he chided him a little bit. Peter probably had it coming. And when they got into the boat, now what happens? The wind, did Jesus say anything to it? No. No. Then those that were in the boat came and worshipped Him and said, Truly, you're the Son of God. But you also have to understand something else that went on here that often gets overlooked. And I don't have it, I didn't give the Scripture to the projection people, but maybe we could turn to John 6.21. John 6.21. I think you ought to look at this because, you see, to get the full picture, you have to put Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John together. See, Matthew doesn't tell us what happened right after Jesus got on the boat other than the wind ceased and they came and worshipped him. But something else happened. Now, Jesus never rebuked the storm. He never said anything to the storm. He gets on the boat. Wind ceases, all right, and uh, they come and worship him. But there's something else that happened that you won't see it in Matthew's account. You've got to go to John's account. And notice what happened. Look at John six twenty one. Let's see. Then they willingly received him into the boat, and immediately can you real out say immediately? Immediately the boat was at the land where they were going. Isn't that something? That's miraculous, isn't it? I mean, just translated them from the place they were to where they were going. How many of you know that must have got the disciples' attention? I mean I mean Jesus walking on the water. Peter's walking on the water. Jesus gets in the boat. The wind ceases and bang, they're, they're, they're out of the storm. They're immediately at the other side and then they fall down and they worship him. He didn't rebuke the storm, but some miraculous things happened in the middle of the storm. I don't care what it is you're going through in your life. Whatever it is, just know this. God can do miraculous things in the middle of your storm. And if you'll just stick with him, don't give up on him. Hang on to Him like Peter did. You never know. Just immediately He can take you through and get you where you need to be. Can you say amen? Hey, real quick, go to Acts 27. I, I don't want to preach too awful long here today, but but let's get a few other things in here. Are you getting anything out of this? Am I boring anybody? Am I? Okay. Acts 27. Uh, just a few various verses here. New Living Translation. It will be on the screen. Let's look at another storm. This was the Apostle Paul. This was the man that God used to write nearly two-thirds of the New Testament. And, and notice here, and, and let's look at, as we read some of these verses here, let's see if, if Paul ever rebuked the storm, if he ever did. Acts 27, verse 1. When the time came, we set sail for Italy. Now, Paul is going to Italy, going to Rome, okay, and he's going as a prisoner, Paul and several other prisoners were placed in the custody of a Roman officer. Now let's go to verse 4 for the sake of time. Putting out to sea from there, we encountered strong headwinds that made it difficult to keep the ship on course. So were they experiencing some some bad weather? Verse 7. We had several days of slow sailing, and after great difficulty, we finally neared... How do you say that? Okay, Nidus. But the wind was against us, so we sailed across to Crete and along the sheltered coast of the island, past the Cape of, okay, verse 8, we struggled along the coast. Were they having some trouble? We struggled along the coast with great difficulty and finally arrived at Fair Havens near the town of, okay, verse 9. We had lost a lot of time. The weather was becoming dangerous for sea travel because it was so late in the fall. And Paul spoke to the ship's officers about it. Now, notice the weather was becoming dangerous. Now again, I talked to you a minute ago about you don't always, did you know you don't always need great leading from the Holy Ghost? Sometimes you just need to use your brain, is that right? Yes or no? Now, thank God for the leading of the Holy Ghost. Thank God for it. But if we just use our minds a lot, our brains a lot of time, we'd stay out of a lot of trouble. It's just dangerous to go out there and be out there. But nonetheless, Paul, now watch this. Paul speaks to the ship's officers about it. Look at verse 10. Men, he said, I believe there is trouble ahead if we go on. Now, that word believe in the New Living Translation, if you look it up in the the Greek and all of that, and you go into all that study and... It really, he perceived, he had, he had an inward knowing. Something that every born again believer has access to. You don't even have to be baptized in the Holy Ghost and speak in other tongues, which I believe in. You don't even have to have that experience to, to have this leading of the Holy Ghost right on the inside. He, he said to the, he said to these people, he said, men, I perceive, realize they perceive. He said, I perceive there is trouble ahead. If we go on. Now how many of you, if you're, if, if Paul said that, you're going to stop right there. Anybody going to stop right there? I'm going to stop right there. If somebody that God used right nearly two-thirds of the New Testament said, I perceive that if we go on, there's trouble ahead. I mean, it's already been difficult enough, but now the man of God says, if we go on, it's going to be really tough. I don't know. I believe I'd listen to that. How about you? I remember... Uh well today's nine ten. What's tomorrow? Nine I'll let you people are brilliant, nine eleven tomorrow. And uh but if you go back sixteen years, I guess it is, where would that put us? Nine eleven, two thousand and well just prior to that, about a month or so maybe two months prior to that, uh did anybody remember what happened nine eleven, two thousand and one? But a couple months before that, we were planning vacation and uh, we were headed up to that we we're going to go up into the New York area. And my wife says to me, you know, I just don't have peace about going on vacation this year. I said, what are you talking about? Because my wife loves to go on vacation. And I said, why don't you want to go? She said, I just don't have peace about going up to that area. So we'd have been up in that area, but my wife didn't have peace. Now remember this, if you're married, usually God will lead through the husband and confirm through the wife. Don't ever forget that. But sometimes He'll lead you through. Thank God my wife heard from the Holy Ghost right on the inside, and we weren't in New York on 9-11-2001. Isn't that wonderful? So when we're talking about, you know, today some of the things, you know, if you learn how to be led by the Spirit, it can save your life. But, you know, Paul was a prisoner, and he had no say in this and he said if we go on we look at verse 10 there's going to be shipwreck. there's going to be loss of cargo and danger to our lives as well but the officer in charge now listen to this but the officer in charge of the prisoners listened more to the ship's captain and the owner than to paul and you know what was behind that money and if you ever put money ahead of Right up what's going on on the inside here, you're going to get in trouble every single time. Did you hear what I just said? But I'll say this. I, I, the Holy Ghost wanted me to say this, so I'll say this. But if you follow the Holy Ghost right down on the inside, He'll prosper you. Did you hear me? And He'll prosper you in every way, including money. You understand that? But remember, when he prospers you with money, don't ever let money get a hold of you. You have money, don't let money have you. You know how I can tell you right now if money's got you? If you can't turn it loose. If you can't support the work of God, then money's got you. Did you hear me? And so what happened here is they listened more to the ship's captain than to Paul, and they ran into a terrible hurricane. This hurricane had a name. It was called U- U- Uroclodon. It was a nor'easter. And uh, how many of you know, now, now listen to this. some storm, Say this, say some storms can be avoided. Now this one here could have been avoided. Do you know sometimes if you listen to the Holy Ghost, He'll lead you around the storm. He'll navigate, He's the greatest navigator that there ever has been. He'll navigate you sometime right around the storm. But you know there's other times that He'll navigate you right into the, into the middle of a storm. But if you follow the Holy Ghost, even if you run into a storm, He'll always bring you through it. You'll come out on the other side successful every single time if you follow Him. Now, in this particular case here, This one could have been avoided. They didn't listen to Paul. And we won't go through all the verses. You can read it on your own time. They get into a a terrible situation. Now look at verse 21. No one had eaten for a long time. Finally, Paul... And that was about two weeks they were in this thing. That's a long time. Finally, Paul called the crew together and said, Men, you should have listened to me in the first place and not left Crete. You would have avoided all the damage and loss. But take courage... None of you will lose your lives even though the ship will go down, verse 22. Now, there's a lot of Christians that come in right here and say, no, 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 we're going we're to pray and we're going to change that. How many of you know there's some things you can change with prayer, there's some things you can't? Well, how do I know when I can change something and when I can't, Pastor? You know, the answer to a thousand and one questions is be led by the Holy Ghost. Sometimes you can change it, sometimes you can't this one you can't. Paul said the ship's going down. Now if they'd listened to him in the first place it wouldn't have had to. Then verse 23, for last night an angel of God to whom I belong and to whom I serve stood beside me and he said, "Don't be afraid." See that's what God has to say. The angels of God have, say, "Don't be afraid, Paul, for you will surely stand trial before Caesar. What's more, God in his goodness has granted safety to everyone sailing with you." Isn't that wonderful? So take courage. For I believe, I believe God, it will be just as he said, but we will be uh, shipwrecked on an island. And that's ex- exactly what happened. Again, this storm could have been avoided. It was beyond Paul's control, though. He was just a prisoner there. Notice Paul didn't rebuke the storm, but he prayed in the middle of it. That's something else if you're taking notes. Sometimes a storm, like in this case, I don't know why he didn't rebuke it. I don't know why he didn't stand against the storm. I don't know why, but we know that he prayed and he sought God in the middle of it, and God brought him, brought him through, as, as, as you would see if you read the rest of the story. God brought him all the way through it. There was a shipwreck, but everybody's life was spared. Isn't that wonderful? So Paul didn't rebuke the storm, but he prayed in the middle of it. God showed up. God spoke to him through this angel and uh, had some good news for him. He got through the storm. They were shipwrecked and so on and so forth. But he he made it through. Can you say amen? Now listen, let me go on just a little further. Turn over to Jonah real quick. Jonah, the first chapter. I just hope you're getting something out of this. Remember this as you're turning to Jonah, the first chapter. A preacher is not here to entertain you. A preacher is here to teach you the Word. Can you say amen to that? That's one, thing, that's one thing that's wrong with the church in the United States. Is So many of them become entertainment centers. We're not here to entertain the people. We're here to teach you the Word of God. So when the devil comes knocking on your door, huffing and puffing to try to blow your house down in the midnight hour, you'll be able to stand against him you hear what I just said? Jonah, the first chapter. Now the word of the Lord came to Jonah, son of Amittai, saying, Arise, go to Nineveh, the great city. We're talking about storms here. Cry against it, for their wickedness come up before me. But Jonah rose, flee to Tarshish from the presence of the Lord. He went down to Joppa and found a ship going to Tarshish. So he paid the fare, went down into it to go with them to Tarshish. knows he's running from the presence of the Lord. He's he's diso- If you're taking notes, you ought to write this down. Sometimes storms are a result of disobedience. Notice what happens in verse 4. The Lord, now, the Lord sent out a great wind on the sea. Who sent this one out? The Lord sent this storm out. Do you know sometimes God will send a storm? Did you know that? Now, the storm that Jesus ran into... There with the disciples, both of them, how many of you know that, that, that God didn't send either one of them? They were an attack of the enemy. How do I know that? Because Jesus rebuked the storm, didn't he? And if his father sent it, why would Jesus rebuke it? Do you understand that? Now, when God sends a storm, how many of you know God is a crack shot? You know what I mean when I say a crack shot? Notice here, the Lord sent the storm... And there was a mighty tempest on the sea so that the ship was about to be broken up. Now, you can read the rest of the story. I'll just paraphrase it for the sake of time. But they're out there, and there's a great storm. Who sent the storm? The Lord Lord sent the storm. The ship's about to be broken up. The, 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 The sailors don't know why. So they begin to try to find out. And they find Jonah. He's asleep down in the lower part of the boat. They bring him up. They say, Tell us your story. He tells them the story. He's running from God and all of that. And, and he says, Jonah says, Now look, if you, because they figured out that the storm was because of Jonah. Jonah said, If you throw me into the sea, the, 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 the storm will stop. And they didn't want to do it. These were good, nice men. They didn't want to, these, these sailors, they didn't want to throw Jonah over. You know, I, I, I need to say this. If you ever get hooked up with somebody in your life that has a call of God on their life and they're in disobedience, they're going to get into rough, rocky waters and so are you. That's what happened to these, these sailors. They let Jonah on their boat. They didn't realize it, but he was running from God. He had a call on his life. He had an assignment from God and he was disobeying. And he got into this bad situation and Jonah said, Throw me over! Everything will be all right. They didn't want to do it, but the the storm got worse. Now, let me tell you, when God sends a storm, you can row against it all you want. You're going to, to no avail. You're going to be able to rebuke it all you want, but it's not going to go anywhere. Can you say amen? If God sends it. And God is a crack shot. When he sends a storm, he's going to accomplish exactly what he sends it to do. And how many of you know, with God, there's never any collateral damage. Did you get what I just said? See, a lot of people think that God sent that storm Harvey in there. How many of you know God does not flood out nursing homes? Is that right? There's even some ding. I don't want to say that, but I'll say. There's even some dingling preachers on television saying that, you know, that Harvey was a judgment of God. Well, how come it is if God sends a storm in, a lot of times the gambling casinos aren't touched and the nursing homes and the orphanages are flooded out? I think God's a better shot than that, don't you? How many of you think that he is? No, he sent this storm and he was after Jonah. If you read the whole thing, he got Jonah. When God sends a storm, he, when, how many of you know, remember when God sent those plagues on, on Egypt? Egypt? The first, God never judges the righteous with the, with the wicked. When those, when, the, when, those, when those plagues came on Egypt, the first few did affect the people of God, but it wasn't really that big a deal. But when it got into the more serious judgments later on, God had His people over in Goshen. He had them protected. And when the death of the firstborn came, how many of you know God gave them a way out? Is that right? Put the blood on the doorpost. And, is that right? God doesn't judge the righteous with the wicked, but God does judge the righteous. The Bible says God will judge His people, but when we're judged, we're chastened to the Lord. God doesn't put sickness and disease on you to teach you something. Did you know that? You know the worst judgment that any believer can ever experience from the hand of God is if God ever removes His hand of protection from you. That happened to a man in 1 Corinthians 5th chapter. The Bible says, Deliver such a one to Satan for the destruction of the flesh, that his spirit may be saved in the day of the Lord Jesus. That man was over into sexual sin. It was in the church. The pastor wasn't doing anything about it. They were actually applauding it. And, 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 and Paul said, this, this isn't acceptable. And, and, and so, so God took his hand of protection off of that guy. And, and, and apparently the devil came in, hit him with sickness and disease, apparently. But you know what? He repented. And if you read Second Corinthians, God said through Paul, let him back in the church. Aren't you glad God's a forgiver? Amen. But never forget this. God is a crack shot. And he, so he sent this storm toward Jonah. He got Jonah. In the belly of the fish, and you know the rest of the story, Jonah did complete his call and all of that. But all I'm telling you here is that sometimes storms are a result of disobedience. So if you've got a storm in your life right now, and things are raging and all of that, check out and see, is it because of disobedience? Have you disobeyed God in some way? And there's good news, if you have, and the storm is there because of that, then all you have to do is repent, and the winds will cease. Go to Hebrews 11, real quick, I I don't... I need to get this in. Hebrews 11, real quick. I realize that you can only endure in your mind what your seat can endure. I understand that, so I don't want to keep you too long, but let's get this in. So sometimes you rebuke the storm. Sometimes you don't. You endure it through prayer. Sometimes storms are a result of disobedience. If that's the case, just repent. And then other storms you just prepare for. Look at here at Hebrews 11, verse 7. By faith, Noah. You know, I've, I've heard people on the Weather Channel here recently, they, they say about Harvey, the storm, and Irma, they say, you know, we've never seen anything like this. Well, I understand that, but you might want to talk to Noah about that. <laughs> They're telling Noah about the flood. By faith, Noah, being divinely warned of things not yet seen, moved with godly fear and rebuked the storm. Is that what the Bible says? Did Noah rebuke the flood? Did he say, uh, we're going to rebuke it, we're going to stop it? No, because it was sent by God. If something's sent by God, don't do you any good to rebuke it. And, 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 and God was judging the planet, the whole planet. And did He is God a crack shot? Did He get everybody? everybody? Everybody perished in that except Noah and his family. But what did Noah do? Look at this. By faith, being divinely warned of things not yet seen... He moved with godly fear and, real I'd say prepared. He prepared an ark for the saving of his household by which he condemned the world and became heir of the righteousness which is according to faith. Listen, sometimes you can't rebuke the storm. Sometimes all you can do is prepare for it and get ready. Look at Matthew 7, verse 24. That's what Jesus said. Look at Matthew 7, verse 24. He said this, Therefore, whoever hears these sayings of mine and does them, I will liken him to a wise man who built his house on the rock. The rain descended, the floods came, the winds blew, beat on the house. It did not fall, for it was founded on the rock. But everyone who hears these sayings of mine and does not do them will be like a foolish man who built his house on the sand. The rain descended, the floods came, the winds blew, beat on the house, and it fell, and great was its fall. Listen to this. Sometimes you can't do anything about the storm except prepare for it. Did both of these people that Jesus talked about here, the wise person and the foolish, did both of them hear the word? They both heard the exact same word. And they both experienced the storm, didn't they? They both heard apparently the same word. They both experienced the same storm. One of them went under and one of them didn't. The one that went under, heard the word, but did nothing else with it. The one that stood and the house couldn't go down, they heard the word and they did something with it. And right there you can, you can, you can find the answer to why so many Christians fail and, and are destroyed. Is because, and I've learned this in pastoring over the many years, very few people that hear the word really do act on it and really practice it. It's not enough to hear it, you got to be a doer. Is that right? So what have we seen today? Some storms can be rebuked. Some some you just in, you endure, you prepare for some, some are a result of disobedience. And how do you know when to rebuke? How do you know when What's the answer to a thousand and one questions? Be led by the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit. Well, it's interesting. We're going to receive communion. It's interesting. And Shelley's going to come and sing. We, we receive communion about once every six weeks around here. So we don't do it every Sunday. If you're visiting, you need to know that. But it's interesting. And, and you, you can read it in Acts, the 27th chapter. I was going to turn over there. But I'll just tell you, when Paul was in the midst of that storm on that boat, and they hadn't eaten for about two weeks there's about 260 some odd men on that boat. He had they hadn't eaten for about 2 weeks. Finally, Paul got some bread. He said, "We need to eat." But it's interesting what he did. He didn't just they didn't just they didn't just eat. But the Bible says he broke the bread. He gave thanks. And, and there you can see, I believe Paul served them communion. So they're going to pass this communion out. She's going to sing. But as 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 they pass the communion out and she sings, No matter what it is you're going through, no matter what storm it is you're going through, um, as we receive communion here in just a moment, I'm going to believe that God is going to give you the answer to how to endure the storm, how to get through the storm. Maybe you need to rebuke it. Maybe you need to repent. I don't know. God will show you. But uh, nonetheless, go ahead and sing. And while she's singing...